Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm. Log Talk Radio. Happy Wednesday evening. Cast Talk Wednesday is on and rolling. Vinny Hardy and Terry Brown coming at y'all for another two hours. How's everything on your end, Terrence TV Brown? Oh, I got to turn you on first, my bad. Help, I turn well, let's on. just, you know how it is being in Knoxville when the cats take care of the volunteers. Uh, it's been a lot, it's been a good couple of days uh, to be in Louisville as a Kentucky fan. Uh, Long about, see, the game started at noon, and uh, halftime was probably, you know, 1.30-ish. So probably from about 1.45 on on Saturday, it's been really good to be in Louisville. So it <laughs> doesn't matter the weather, it's been a good time uh, to be in the city of Louisville. We got to dive into all of it and reflect and recap. The season is over. The Governor's Cup, stay put. Uh, we'll find out what bold destination and opponent comes up this weekend. But we just got to reflect on that this season. Lynn Bowden has exhausted all the superlatives that you can use to describe him, but we'll try to do it anyway as he, for all intents and purposes, uh, played his last game in front of the folks at Kroger Field. So we got to give him props again, kind of like the guys on SEC Network. They, here we are every Saturday talking about Kentucky and the run game. Chris Doring and Gene Chizik, he said, we sound like a broken record. So that's kind of what we're going to do. We got to sound like a broken record and, and give Lynn his props, give Lynn his due. Uh, matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, Chris Doring kind of got choked up 
given Kentucky their props as to what they were able to do with this team and with this running game and been able to salvage the season. So all of that to get to um, and and your perspective from Louisville, pre-game leading up to it and then, of course, afterwards as well. Got to gotta dissect all that. Um, Scott Satterfield becoming a meme. Uh, Got to talk about some of that, some of the aftermath of the 45-13 to 13 victory for Kentucky. Uh, at 6.30, we do have a guest this evening. Jason Hazelrig uh, runs the UK Fans All Day podcast. If you see him out about on social media, he's definitely doing his thing. Uh, and he's doing double duty because after he's on with us, he'll be on uh, with our good buddy Kevin Hill on Round of Shots tonight as well. So looking forward to talking to Jason. Uh, haven't had him on before. It would definitely be a lot of fun. But, man, just wherever you want to go, because you are in Louisville, what were everybody saying at work? What was uh, friends, schoolmates, cousins, what were they saying leading up to it? Because Louisville was much improved record-wise, uh, coming off a 2-10 and 10 last year in Bobby Petrino's final year. Just what was the vibe? What was the tone? In the Ville, Terry Brown. Well, let me just say this. First of all, Coach Satterfield and his staff have done a great job turning around the Louisville program. Fantastic. But uh, I caution folks to call it miraculous and, and all the other hyperbole that we've gotten. Louisville's two and ten season was because Petrino and his staff just stopped caring. It was not the same thing as when uh, Coach Stoops took over or whoever goes into Florida State. Uh, Louisville still had some bodies. We saw they weren't quite enough to, to, to go against Kentucky, but it wasn't as if they were bereft of everything. So uh, I think the 2-10 to ten to the 7-win season, I think, is more to do with coaching uh, in that, you know, that, that, that part uh, from the shoulders up than anything else. But I tip my cap to him for turnaround the season. Uh, I predicted Kentucky would win. Uh, I think we talked about it last week, but uh, you and I figured that the run game, that Louisville was not going to be able to stop it. Now, I did not know to that extent, but as you and I talked about, you're chasing Lynn Bowden, A.J. Rhodes, Cavassier Smoke, and then Chris Rodriguez Jr., and I was happy because, you know, we had Chris Rodriguez senior on last week, so I can only imagine what he was thinking uh, watching the game. And I think over his last four games, uh, junior uh, Chris Rodriguez is averaging almost nine yards per rush. Like, it's just insane. Uh, So, basically what we saw was everything Louisville got was because of a Kentucky mistake. The first touchdown was a breakdown in coverage on that fourth and ten and then the touchdown Louisville got just before the half. But everything else, uh, Kentucky uh, really enforced their will. I was kind of hoping we would go the whole game without attempting a pass, but uh, <laughs> Lynn Bowden had the one uh, pass uh, for like four yards to the, to the short side of the field, and then the, the flea flicker that was, you know, not well received here in Louisville. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know what you can say. Uh, I know before the game, the Louisville fans they were they were uh, they were excited. 
uh, they thought that they would win because they had played these teams and that teams, and Kentucky had not. Uh, you know, it was one of the things that Lynn Bowden is still uh, officially the, the leading receiver on the team as far as yardage and hasn't caught a pass in September. And there's all these little factoids you look at, uh, which to me just underscores the fantastic job Stoops and his staff have done. But, uh, I mean, this was a beatdown. This was an absolute beatdown. And and you can you can say, you know, Satterfield's done a great job, but this is this is a beatdown. This shows how far the gap is between the two schools. Now, what has happened here recently, you know, Louisville went on the they had that four game win streak, five game win streak not too long ago, is because U of L always had a dynamic person that UK could not counter. Right? It was Devontae Parker, if you remember that game uh, a few years ago, Barker played pretty well. Boom played pretty well at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. But Devontae Parker had like three touchdowns. We didn't have anybody to counter that. And and we haven't had anybody go against like uh, to match up with Lamar Jackson or that kind of thing. But other than that, it was pretty even. Louisville just had that dynamic guy. Well, the last couple of seasons, Kentucky's had the dynamic guy, right? This year it was Lynn Bowden who did whatever he wanted. And, and probably could and the thing is, for the school record in rush yards we got, we could have gotten more. That's the thing that that strikes me is we could have done a lot more uh, with that. And then last year having Benny Snell on one side of the ball and Josh Allen, Kentucky's had the more dominant player. And uh, yeah. for all the talk about Stoops, and this is you know how rivalries are, uh, Louisville fans will tell you that. You know, obviously Satterfield's a better X's and O's coach. And, you know, these things people will tell you that obviously, you know, Patino and now Coach Mack are obviously better X's and O's coaches uh, than uh, John Calipari. Well, now that Stoops has his program up and running, he's won three out of four football games against U L. Two, the last two by combined was like 110 to 13 or something – Something like that, or you know, it's it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then the other one was beating the presumptive Heisman Trophy winner as a 27-point underdog. Like, okay, if he can't coach, then what does that say about your program, right? Well, wait till Saturday. <laughs> that may very well be. But remember, a few years ago, I was one of the people that said, wait till Stoops gets up and running. And now that his program, and this isn't just, and this is. Uh, I know we're going to talk about this year more when Jason comes on. This is how you build a program. Like, when it comes to the history of Kentucky football, you've got to go back to the 50s to have a 10-win season followed by a winning record. What Stoops has done, you know, was this four straight years, seven wins or more, with all the adversity, this is a program. This isn't just a team waiting for everything to align just right for a 10-year, uh, for a 10-win season. This is a program, and, you know, you can point out they're not Alabama, they're not Georgia. I get that, but you've you got to feel good. As you said, Lynn Bowden probably not coming back, but look who is coming back, a healthy Terry Wilson. <laughs> the running back's coming back. The defense that's going to get even better, and they were one of the top defenses in the country this year. So. Crazy. 
yeah, so I feel good about that. Lynn Bowden sets the record for most rushing yards by an SEC quarterback. 22 carries, 284 yards. SEC history at the position. And it just happened. And off the top of my head, that's Tim Tebow, right? That's Cam Newton. Johnny Maney, Manziel. That's, you know, going back, Heath Shuler and David Palmer and those guys from the 90s. That's that. Wow, yeah. Look, look, I know SEC, SEC, but if you can put your name down in the SEC record book, whatever the category, that's pretty darn good. So I, I know that, you know, a lot of the, the Louisville fans, I, I get it. It's a rivalry. It was a beatdown. It was a, a laugher from the second play of the first, of the first uh, I'm sorry, the second play of the second half on uh and as we predicted, uh, the bodies on UK side of the ball just warmed down, and again, that's where we saw you know Chris Rodriguez come in. You know, if he's your third back, if you know if he's the third guy, actually, you know, the fourth guy after Bowden, after Rose, after Smoke, and then you've got Rodriguez, that's a pretty good rushing. T- and and what I liked about it is this wasn't a gimmick, like. Everyone knew Kentucky was not going to throw the ball with the weather the way it was and to still go out and impose your will on a, in a rivalry game, you, you have to like that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> even, you know, Coach Stoops was joking around in the, the post game. You know, we, we are planning on getting back to being balanced. We are going to get back to that that forward pass, as he said it, and of course, you know, he was in good mood. Media got a laugh, uh, so it was, it was, and, and of course they are. But you, you got to um, give the receivers credit for buying in, even though the last seven weeks they weren't going to have hardly any catches, and sometimes barely any targets, much less catches, to still block downfield like that. To still stay engaged, to still buy in. A lot of people talk about Ahmad Wagner, who is, you know, trying to get tape out there to audition and, and get himself draftable or desirable to NFL teams. And, you know, that kind of didn't go according to plan the second half of the season for him, but he was still down there blocking downfield. Uh, all those guys doing that. Uh, Jeff Picoro, who's been on our show, and we've been on, I think, round of shots with him was on KSR yesterday, and I tweeted in to him just because, you know, he played receiver as well. I said, how would a young Jeff Picoro have responded slash bought in had he been in the same situation where he had to be asked to, you know, virtually block every single play? Uh, and he told a cool story about how when Jerry Claiborne came in, you know, uh, talking about, you know, you boys are the receivers, aren't you? And he kind of imitated Jerry Claiborne's voice, you guys want to run down the field and catch a touchdown, don't you? And he said, well, basically, we're going to be doing this. We're going to run this and this. This is going to be our offense. We're going to run power. And, you know, you guys are going to have to block down every play. And he, he talked about how he got called out in practice on the goal line because it was a dive right up the middle, and he did not fire off the ball and literally 
punch and tried to drive the opposing DB into the ground. Uh, he said Claiborne was up on the, you know, the tower. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Jeff, uh, why didn't you go off the line and block him? And he was like, yeah, I'm 20 yards away from the play. We're one inch away from the goal line. He said, run a lap. And so Jeff had to run all around the practice laps for not blocking on a goal inches at the goal line play. So he's been in that situation as a receiver you got to be engaged in blocks. It was cool hearing that perspective from him because that's what these guys, Cleve Van Thomas, you know, who first half of the season was making some noise, you know, Ahmad Wagner, we we know the interferences that he would draw or the catches that he would make. Uh, Bowden, before he got moved to quarterback, Josh Ali a little bit, all those guys had to completely change their entire game, and they did so for seven straight games. And, and and that's what you have to look at. This staff, uh, going back a few years ago, Drew Barker gets hurt, Steven Johnson steps up, and we discover what we have in Benny Snell, completely revamped on the fly. Uh, you know, we, we did that uh, this year as well. I, I just don't see how many – and it's not just revamping the offense, but – your, your, your fourth quarterback, that to me is, is coaching staff. That's coaching. And I know Eddie Grand gets a lot of grief from Kentucky fans. And, and individual play calls, I'm right there with you. But as far as a philosophy, Eddie Grand was the offensive coordinator for 10 wins. And this season with seven, and, and look, I, I know people can point out, well, if this would have gone different, you know, the Tennessee game – or, you know, the Florida game, you know, I get that. And there's, unless you go undefeated, there's always going to be a what if if you look back at the season. That's just the nature of it. But on the whole, you have to be excited with what we saw. Yeah, and I think at the beginning of the season, I picked 9-3 and three again and still kind of, you know, pinch myself, like, did I really just do that? And, you know, basically they were two plays away from that. You know, you had the Tennessee game, uh, a bounce here and there, and they still would have almost achieved it as bad as the season went for them, as much of a roller coaster ride that they had at the quarterback position. Um, if they, you know, Coach Stoops even said it Monday or Tuesday and his, post-game show, you know, 
you know, maybe I'm stupid for not switching to Lynn sooner. Maybe we would have still won a couple of those games. Uh, and given what they did, you know, maybe they still beat South Carolina. You know, Sawyer was ineffective. He was banged up to the point that he wasn't effective. Uh, maybe Mississippi State goes differently. You know, Tennessee, Florida, they were still knocking at the door of, of nine wins, kind of like the previous year, 2017, where everybody was expecting them to go nine and three, they went seven and five. You lost that game to Florida that you shouldn't have. They were a couple of plays away from nine and three. Then, then you come back and go nine and three and win your bowl game. The season gets derailed, and you're still seven and five, and you, you know, a break or two, a bounce, different, and you're still nine and three. You didn't fall off the face of the earth and, and go three and nine or four and eight. And and this was history as well. He, yes. By winning seven, they guaranteed a winning season following the 10-win season, which hadn't happened since 1951 when Bear Bryant and them went 11-1 and one in 1950. They came back in 1951 and went eight and four. The 1977 team with Derrick Ramsey, they went 10-1, and one, but in 78, they, like, dropped to 4-6-1 and six and one or had a losing record. So this is the first time in 68 years that they stacked a winning record right behind a 10 or more win season. So that you know, is another feather in Coach Stoops' cap. You know, he's talking about knocking down doors, uh, beating Florida, uh, you know, beating everybody in the East for a while there except for Georgia last year, just knocking down doors, breaking down barriers. Uh, I'm sure winning in Knoxville is still high on the list of things to accomplish. But they just went 7-5 and five with this type of season, TV, after going 10-3, and three, you know, and that hadn't happened. We weren't around at all, weren't even close to being born the last time that happened. Yeah, so it's 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 a, a step in the right direction, you know. And it's not that you're accepting yeah. mediocrity, but it's uh-uh. look. Kentucky was in every game this year, even the game, the Georgia game. That's that's what you want to see. Uh, again, the process is not immediate. It is not overnight, but it is. Building a program, it takes time, it takes patience, and you know you see what Josh Allen is doing in the NFL. Uh, I saw something; he's one of the top ten rated rookies uh, this year, according to ESPN. Ben yeah. Snell just got his first touchdown in Pittsburgh, and we know that other guys are contributing to their teams uh, and everything this year. This is this is what you want, you know. I. I those people are quiet now. There's still people that don't think Stoops is the right guy for the job or that Florida State is is silly for coming after him. And, you know, I don't know how serious that aspect was. But on the whole, if you're a Kentucky fan, you have to like Stoops. I, I, again, you can point to individual games and individual play calls and scratch your head. But I think on the whole, you have to take what what he's what he's given you. Over the last four to five seasons. Now, yeah. you know, next year with with everything we've got coming back, I think 
we've got to see some improvement in those in-game decisions. You know, the the the, the play at the end of the first half against Louisville, uh, you know, going for it. Uh, a lot of people thought he should have punted that ball, then to get gashed. You know, those are the kind of things that, that can come back to bite you. And I'd like to see the, the in-game decision-making, the in-game kind of what we're doing, situational uh, issues taken care of. But that's, that's a fixable thing. I have said building the program is the hard part. Getting kids to believe in the Kentucky football after a 2-10 and 10 season, that's the hard part. <laughs> you know, getting boosters to, to donate to football facilities and improving the facilities, that's the hard part. Uh, but also with that mistake with Kentucky giving up that touchdown to, to make it like a four-point game at the half after you have dominated, look, yeah. we have all, you're, you and I are old enough. We have seen Kentucky be dominating, give up a touchdown, and then the wheels come off. We have all seen it, right? We have seen that episode a lot of times. But that didn't happen. They didn't go conservative in the second half. They came out and they played well. It's, it's, it goes back to what uh, Anthony White said a few years ago on this show when, when, when uh, Kentucky was rolling back under those Hal Mummy teams and when Kentucky, any team is at their best, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, you know, hey, we've got 10 to 15 plays. Look, we know we can get eight yards out of this. Like, we know that we can score. And against Louisville, you saw that. The Kentucky offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers, Lynn Bowden, they knew Louisville can't stop us. You know, uh, all the team, you know, Vanderbilt can't stop us. Like, this is what we're going to do. And it was a it was a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and you mentioned the, uh, you know, giving up the touchdown <clears throat> right before the half. You know, 17 to 6, and next thing you know, it's 17 to 13. And, and you mentioned us being old enough to see it all go bad from there. Um, I still had that thought pop into my mind. Oh, man, we gave them life. Oh. But I just I was able to flash back, you know, because now we have history of them bouncing back and stuff like this. You know, at Vanderbilt, they get a field goal. Kentucky does. Vanderbilt marches right down the field. It's 7-3. to three, And Vanderbilt's offense had been stagnant for weeks, and yet they, they gashed Kentucky, went right down the field, and you're like, uh-oh, now their offense is going to get right, and, you know, about, you know, here we go. I'm thinking those thoughts, they gave up that drive, and then they tightened it up and, and shut it all down, and it was over, and it was kind of deja vu against Louisville. Okay, we, we took that punch. They hit us deep with 2-2 Atwell on a, a fourth and whatever it was, converted two guys there. Was it fluky? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Got to tip your cap because they made the play. But after that, outside of, you know, giving up the touchdown, that was it. You know, 17-13, Louisville's feeling good. Like, we got dominated. We're only down four. We are in this game. And they come out and, and, you know, Kentucky turns the lights out. You know, 28 straight points. And that's it. You know, went from 17-13, 45-13. And the flea flicker, in my opinion, was 
know, that was kind of calling off the dogs. You know, they ran for 500 yards. Be glad they tried a flea flicker and <laughs> stop getting mad about it. They could have ran another 34-yard play right up the gut on you and chose instead to try to pass. And, and this is the thing, too. Okay. We, we, and we'll bring Jason on. I know he's going to call here a little bit to, to get his take on this, too. Yeah. So the funny thing is, I'm old enough to remember Bobby Petrino 1.0 who scored a touchdown, already up 40-something points in the uh, Governor's Cup game, and his response was, well, they need to stop us, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of the fans said. We all just need to stop. It's not running up the score. It's a rivalry game. So Kentucky does the flea flicker, and I associate with a lot of Louisville fans. You know, for the most part, they're, they're, they're good people. But the pearl clutching <laughs> on the flea flicker, when you've defended Bobby Petrino, Right, and, and look, we need to retire. My kind of soapbox is, you know, what's being classy? You know, stay classy, this fan base. Look, sports make us all dumb, right? It is, you know, humans by nature are very tribal, and you like to stick and cling to people that are like you, but sports is a stupid way to go about it. And <laughs> when it comes to sports, we are all just dumb with this. We all poke fun. <laughs> We all laugh. When our guy does it, it's great. When the other guy does it, he's a jerk. Look, <laughs> but you you can't support anything Bobby Trino, especially 1.0 did, and then clutch your pearl off a flea flicker like that. You, you can't do that. Uh, you know, like you said, the incomplete pass was probably the best defensive stat Louisville had in the second half. <laughs> I mean, the, the way the the way the, the the Kentucky Kentucky was playing, you know, and for all the talk of I guess three years ago, of uh, Louisville's punter, you know, not punting in the big that, that was a big to do. Well, you know, Duffy didn't punt last year; only punted once this year. You know, that game actually hurt his case for the Ray Guy Award. If we're talking about punters, but you know, I, I digress. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, and and you know, we have to, like you said, they're good people, and we don't get like, well, we you know, sports makes you dumb, but we kind of try to keep our heads, even when it is a rivalry. I mean, you're right there in Louisville. I got family that's in Louisville, um, but. You know, we'll have to get into some of the, the little aftermath, the L-down stuff, the complaints about the visiting media room. Let's talk about that. Jason will be out here in a second because, uh, look, you and I both cover games on the road for Kentucky and, and been in press conferences um, in accommodation similar to what Satterfield was in Saturday. So uh, definitely got to talk about that because just the – the outcry from let, the proceedings. <laughs> let let me dig up the picture of Stoops in uh, Cardinal Stadium last year. It was yeah, I'm digging one up. Like a storage area that that UK put up a UK placard for and set up its own st- like the visiting accommodations are always always terrible. Always. 
That's just mm-hmm. the way it is wherever you go. Uh, you know, my my thing was, look, when when Louisville's running out four straight and Bridgewater and Lamar were putting up 60 points in the rivalry, if, if Joker, if uh, going back to Rich Brooks had said anything about the visitors' area at Cardinal Stadium, that would have been laughable. And that's the way I feel yeah. about this. It's, it's a much to do that's about the you've got to take care of the on the field, and then you can talk about the extra stuff. Absolutely. And let's bring in our guest who's on the line right now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Keep this conversation going. Uh, you can listen to him on the UK Fans All Day Pod. Go to UKFansAllDay.com. We are talking about Jason Hasselrig at jhazzy on Twitter. Jason, welcome in to Cat Talk Wednesday, presented by Smoky Mountain Trader. I'm here with Vinnie Hardy and Terry T.B. Brown. Appreciate you hopping on, man. How are you? Cat Talk Wednesday. What's good, fellas? Man, we just, you know, we just, uh, what, what's the word, Terry? We're, we're reflecting, we're... Back in the back glow in, of the back Governor's in Cup. That sweet, yeah. sweet post-Thanksgiving, post-rivalry Governor's Cup win. That's what we're basking in right now. L's down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> right. Let's do so, it. So I've seen a poll on Twitter by Dan Issel wanting to change the name of the Governor's Cup to something like Bourbon Bowl. You guys on board with that? Well, I know we had the bourbon barrel with Tennessee, and I, I just know if we can do that. I think it makes sense. Uh, the Governor's Cup, I didn't realize that that's what – there's like 30 different games around the country that use the Governor's Cup for the winner. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's used in all kinds of contexts. Virginia and Virginia Tech play for the Commonwealth Trophy or something like that. I would like to see the Governor's Cup is a little generic. You know, I would love to see something jazz it up, but I just don't know if Bourbon Bowl or Bourbon whatever, I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, Dan Dan Issel had several names. Of course, the Bourbon Bowl stuck out in my head. Um, (laughs) But... He did have he had several names for that, but in his words, he wanted to take the political 
Governor's Cup out of it. Yeah, it because it, it I understand that because depending on who the governor is, you know, is that person going to get booed or cheered or anything like that. So I can understand that. Uh, that might be something they look at this offseason. Is there something else that could make it uniquely Kentucky? I don't know, thoroughbred. Something, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of spitball. Some, the bluegrass that, barrel or something like that where you could kind of pull in a little bit of that bourbon iconography into the discussion. But Governor's Cup is just – it's blah. It doesn't test well anymore. With, right. With you just now saying, with you just now saying um, uniquely Kentucky, that would mean the Whitaker Bank Cup, right? I mean, if you – Or the Purnell Oval. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said <laughs> – <laughs> oh, but look, bourbon. You know, we're all Kentuckians here. Bourbon should be high top of the list if there's going to be a change. And look, in my opinion, Purnell's Opal because he sauces is a is a one eight. If we if we're going to get on that now, because you, you can't go wrong with that. But we just we just spitballing here. Let's let's call it Cat's Talk Wednesday Bowl. Have a drink of bourbon. Yeah, we'll, we'll sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Absolutely. down. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, um, and we do, we're going to dive into all this. We got Jason Hazelrig on, UK fans all day. First of all, tell our listeners what they get when they log on UKFansAllDay.com or listen to the UK Fans All Day podcast. Tell us how you got it all started and you know, you were on Twitter giving everybody love. There was a, somebody put out a question, what's some podcast to listen to? You're gracious enough to put us as well as a bunch of other UK-themed podcasts. And then you said, and of course, your podcast was the most gangster of all. You promoted yours and say the best for last. So tell everybody what they get when they tune into the most gangster UK podcast <laughs> out there and how it all started. <laughs> So, so, yeah, that was my humor. But when you tune in to UK Fans All Day, you definitely get a laugh. I just try to bring something. It's a short show. It's a 20-minute podcast, um, of course, all Kentucky everything. And I throw some silly sound bites in there for whatever I'm talking about. And I just have fun with it, just a different spin on Kentucky sports. I just feel like sometimes, uh, even with the rivalry, things get – you know, we're taking the good vibes sometimes away. And I just, man, I'm good vibe, like, with everything. And I always put, you know, share, retweet, whatever, everyone's stuff. Uh, just because there's so much good stuff, it's not competition. It's, you know, check this out. Check. This. I mean, there's enough out there for everyone. You know, there's a lot of people out there, and there's no telling what people like. So, yeah, that that's just, that's just me and just how I bring it. But uh, um, I try to be funny, and I'm like that. My kids say I'm like super lame, so I'm like, okay, I'm just super lame then. So, <laughs> so, I, so now I'm just super lame, funny, I guess. I don't know, but I just like having fun with it. Just good vibe about everything. Uh, I got a lot of and I've been doing this for about a year and a half now, and I get a lot of criticism because I'm always trying to be, you know, good vibe. You know, the beginning of the season, I said, we're winning 10 games this year. 
now looking back, I don't think that was a stretch really, but I always just try to speak life into the cats with good vibe. I, I mean, on social media, you see all kinds of Debbie downers, so to speak. So I just try to go the opposite direction with what I do. You got some cool drops. You mentioned the sound bites. As you are giving your analysis and everything, you do, you, you got the nice drops that you just work in real smooth, man. That, that jumps out too I'm, to everybody's ears. I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> Uh, we see he got to come on here and make us feel old, TB. He ain't got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, Jason. Really, I, I, I appreciate that. I would say I'm right around <laughs> your guys' age. So you, you early 80s? Never take a year. You late 70s. If you Never take a year. Too. Okay. All right. We can, that's close enough. Close enough. Um, <laughs> Hey, TB, man, where you want to go? You want to dive into, you know, we got the outcry. We still, we have, you know, Satterfield. Well, my first thought, because Scott Satterfield, when Stoops was asked about it in the press conference, because everybody saw the handshake and, you know, everybody saw what Satterfield was saying. Mark Stoops says, when asked about it, well, he's a good man. He's a good coach. Mark Stoops saying, quote, he's a good man when asked about Scott Satterfield complaining about the L's down and the players doing L's down. He's a good man was the equivalent of bless his heart. That's how I took it because he wasn't trying to really hear it. He does like Satterfield when compared to Mike Petrino. So, you know, he said he's a good man. Uh, He's a good coach. I respect him. But he also didn't punk out because he said, you know, if, if that if that offends them, they're gonna see a lot worse in this route. So I think he, he handled that masterfully. What about y'all? What's you, Jason? TV? Yeah, I, I I definitely think that he handled it nice. I mean, he did get his jab in there. But he wants yeah. you to know, look, it's it's just a rivalry, you know. It's calm down, you know, and you know, Satterfield's over there, you know, complaining about the L's down. Like, really? I mean, recognize where you're at first of all, and what's going on there. Listen, you know. So, and, and Coach Stoops was um, all business, so to speak, you know, with taking his jab. But I mean, yeah. It's, it can get a lot worse than that, you know? So I think he should just embrace it, you know, and have fun with it, especially for this game. And here's my take on the L's down. My whole thing on the no. L's down, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. The L's down controversy, look, if your team has a symbol, a hand gesture that they do when they're winning, they're going to get it back when they're losing. That's just the way it goes. Uh, When Oklahoma beats Texas, they get horns down. When Florida State beats Florida, they get the gator chomp. Right? That's just how it goes. So this pearl clutching over the L's down thing is ridiculous. 
you know, I watched, uh, I think last week on ESPN Classic, for some reason they had the 2012 SEC Tournament Championship game, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Do you all remember that game? I remember that game. Well, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt won. And if you remember during that stretch where we Kentucky won for, you know, two months straight after Indiana, we had this thing called the three goggles. You remember that? Yep. Every time we hit a three, we did the three goggles. Well, you know what Vanderbilt did after they won the SEC championship? They did the three goggles. If you're going to dish it, you have to take it. Look, there was a thread I saw on Twitter because you guys know Louisville fans love to point out when random Kentucky fans are at their sporting events. And this person, oh, yeah. I don't Louisville fan, said, hey, I hear this a lot from Louisville fans. Is this something that happens in other rivalries? And I retweeted <laughs> it out. And if you look at the thread, and it's like, yes, Bama fans go to Auburn games just to boo Auburn. USC and UCLA fans, <laughs> vice versa. They go, they're wearing their rival shirt at a rival's game. And my whole thing what? is, Louisville like, and their fans like to play like Kentucky fans are obsessed with them. And we we are, but so are they. That's why it's a rivalry. I mean, that's what makes it a rivalry is we are obsessed with each other. And the thing I try to point out is all the stuff they want to get on Kentucky fans are doing, it's universal. It is universal. Oklahoma, uh, Texas A&M, when they used to play Texas, every time somebody beats Texas, which happens a lot in football, they get the horns down. Yep. You know, when Florida gets beat, they get the gator chomp. That that's 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 how it is. It, there's nothing unusual about it. And and I, and I just want to tell folks that the most amazing thing about the rivalry is how unamazing it is. The behavior you see is universal. It is universal. So, sorry to, to hijack that a little bit, but look, you got to suck that up. If you don't want the L's down. Don't give up 500 yards rushing. Right? That's how you. That was way worse. I mean, you're getting nails down. What about the 500 plus on the field? (laughs) And if you threw an L's up when Bobby Petrino sent Michael Bush in to a game that was already decided to score a touchdown when it was a 50 point game, you threw your L's up, you you got this coming. You have literally got this coming. This is why this is a rivalry. and, and, And I don't understand how we're so sensitive. You know, in Ohio leading up to the Ohio Michigan Ohio State Michigan game, you know, they don't they don't use him. You know, there's pictures, I'm sure you guys see it. McDonald's, you know, in Columbus, they've got red X's over the M's. <laughs> to me yeah. that's a rivalry. Yeah. Dumb? Yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. is it harmful? Not really. It's playful, but that's what a rivalry is. If Kentucky Louisville football wants to get on the basketball level, you gotta embrace that and you can't complain about it. Absolutely. Got Jason Hazelrig, UK fans all day on with us right now on Cats Out Wednesday, pulling double duty tonight because after he's on with us, we'll hop on around the shots with our buddy Kevin Hale. So busy, fun-filled night for you, Jason, doing your thing and dropping knowledge. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. As we bask in this Governor's Cup glow. I just found my picture, TB. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. 
the the five seventeen uh, rushing and only throwing the ball twice for four yards, you know, completing the one pass. I thought that was worse than the L's down. I mean, you know, Satterfield was, you know, complaining. And and also, if he wouldn't have done that, it would have died out somewhat. But since he did that, it made it more. Everybody's doing it double time now. We're pulling double shift now. Every time I see a little fan, I'm L's down. What? You know? But if he wouldn't have done that, I would have I would have kept it to a minimum, you know. So sometimes I think you just got to let let things be like Terry just mentioned. I mean, it's it's universal. It's part of the game. Yeah, it, it, and I think this came from the wire. You know, the game's the game, right? This is this is how it works. And, right. And when Louisville was running up the score and, and, and dancing and parading on the sidelines a couple of years ago with Lamar Jackson, we had to take it. You know, we were up, and then they came back and won going away. Uh, you know, yeah. this is the rivalry. This is what it is. You know, from uh, – and you look at all the rivalries. You look at – Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Most of your college football memories that if you look back on involve rivalries, involve those special moments. Like Cal Stanford, the bands on the field. Desmond Howard yeah. striking the Heisman pose against Ohio State after that punt return. That's you know, Bo Jackson over the top, you know, against, uh, against Alabama. This is what it is. And, and this is what separates, you know, college football from the NFL. You can get these moments. Sure. I found my picture, TB. I know you said you were digging one out, too. Um, I think it was the first game I covered for Kentucky was 2015. It was down in Neyland Stadium. They had gotten ran, you know, 50-something to 16 or something like that. But it was post-game in the media room, in the visitor room in Knoxville. And, you know, I was literally breathing on Mark Stoops. He's sitting at this little bitty table, this little bitty concrete dungeon that we're all in. And <laughs> that's just how it is. Everywhere you go. Uh, I tweeted out and replied to the Cat Talk Wednesday. And let's see, one of the uh, – Comments was from my my buddy, uh, Michael V, a best man at my wedding. He's a huge Tennessee fan. But his comment, it was on, I put it on Instagram, um, the picture from the Tennessee media room. He said, I know y'all are the visitors and losers, but couldn't we get your boy Stoops a better table? And look at the table in the tweet. And this is from a Tennessee fan 
saying, I mean, this is how it is. But he's like, my God, that was even <laughs> that was even too much for the Vols fans' liking. So this is what it is. So this yeah. for them to be so surprised and and being out of shape about that, it was really surprising. I mean, and and this and it's not just college sports; it's all sports. Look at when look at when uh, you know the NBA in particular. Uh, the opposing coach, they're like they're interviewing him in the hallway, but like he doesn't get the podium yeah. that the home coach does. That's just, and and I understand you you you've been beaten by fifty points for the second year in a row. You want to grab at something, but th- that ain't it. You know, oh you made you you made our guy stand in a. That's just what it is, man. That is what it is. Yeah, we, we don't right. want to make you comfortable. <laughs> Like people don't understand we, What? We don't want to make you Comfortable, I mean This is not Holiday Inn Express You know Yeah, And, and like you, like you <laughs> and Going back to the L's down The biggest thing is You know, over the last two years It's 100 and, what, 120 to, to 30 Or whatever it, That's what you need to focus on Like you want to get mad about something Get mad about that you know, for all the shenanigans that happened the last few years, you know, my whole thing is whatever Louisville was doing with their hands or wherever we had to interview, we had to get better on the field. Let you know, let that be the motivation. You know, or we're gonna remember where you had our coach interview. Remember the fifty point beatdown. Because right. <laughs> I'm sure if they beat us, we're gonna get the L's up. L's up. L1C4, L's up, you know. I'm sure we'll get that. And, okay, they beat us and we take it. Yeah. It is what it is. You can't – look, you lose by 40-plus points. You you don't have any room for complaining in my book. You know, know, with the game never really being in doubt, you're like, y'all got to fix your own house before you worry about this house. Right, right. Got beat by wide receivers at that (laughs) – Speaking of that, the he, <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, that was a perfect segue, Jason. We got Jason Hasselrig, UK fans all day pod. Lynn Bolton, man, we, Terry and I talked about it before you came on. We're, you know, we're running out of words, running out of superlatives, but just marinate on what he did on the fly, and, and you know, the Cal Tucker or. I think his headline or the athletic, you know, he saved Kentucky, Kentucky saved him, vice versa. Kind of, it kind of went hand in hand, especially with how he kind of had some rough stuff from where he came from and some bumpy times while he was at Kentucky. But he saved the season, Kentucky saved him, and the way it all came to a absolutely beautiful conclusion for him Saturday, which, you know, he's probably going pro. Just your thoughts on what we saw with our own eyes this season from Limbo? Me, personally, I don't look at Lynn Bowden as a quarterback. And I have questioned, is Lynn Bowden a quarterback? And I keep coming back to, no, he's not. He's He is everything but a quarterback. But he does everything. I mean, he plays the position, but he runs the ball. He doesn't throw the ball. He's a utility guy. He does everything. He can throw the ball. We've seen it happen. He had over 
what, 109 a couple games back. But he he has saved us. And we got to give a lot, I would say, most credit to the offensive line. Wow, what a job they've done, you know, to, to help him out. And the run game is unbelievable. And, and Lynn Bowden is a star. 100, he's gone. Has this hurt him playing the quarterback's position? Has it hurt his stock value for the NFL? I heard some people talking about that. I don't know. I don't think so because those type of guys are getting paid in the NFL right now. So, yeah, I think he's gone. I I agree with you. He reminds me of, uh, you guys are old enough to remember, remember Dave Meggett that played for the Giants? Oh, you know, uh, years and years ago, I think when they won their first Super Bowl, yeah. I don't know if I'm dating myself. But he could return some kicks. Wow. But I was yeah. watching that NFL countdown, you know, they're looking back a hundred years. And I was it was the thing was how pedestrian the Giants offense was, but they had Dave Maggot on special teams and they played good defense and that's how they won a Super Bowl. And we're kinda of seeing that now with guys who are like, We just need to get this guy the ball and watch him do something. And we're, we're looking at, you know, with what Lamar Jackson has done, some, you know, these, these teams aren't so much leaning toward conventional wisdom. It's like if you've got an athlete, you've got to get him the ball and get out of the way. And, and for my money, Lynn Bowden can be that guy on Sundays. He can. He can. And those guys are getting paid. Those utility can do – I can, you know – wildcat or whatever, play quarterback and run it or wide receiver, whatever you want me to do on the field, I can do it. Those guys are getting paid, and Lynn Bolton is that guy, and he, he's special. He's determined. Like, the look in his eyes is just – I mean, he's different. Not everybody has what he has, you know, mentally. Like, his, his mental is just, I'm going to score. I'm, I'm, you know, put it on my back. He's, he's a leader. He is. He, he's been leading, and he's something special. Quarterback, I don't know. <laughs> I, I struggle with that because four yards, 17 yards, but 14 yards passing, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. But at the same time, I'm, like, hyped up because he's just amazing to watch. And, and, and this <laughs> is what – when we talk about the change in in culture that Stoops has brought in – uh, you know, when Cal, when Cal recruits, we're used to having, uh, okay, there's the John Wall year and then the Brandon Knight and then, you know, Anthony Davis. We're now sort of getting these huge talents kind of back-to-back. You know, for all the praise we're giving Lynn Bowden and his deserved, well, you know, don't forget we had just last year Benny Snell, you know, the all-time leading rusher in school history and Josh Allen. So it's like every year, it's a different, uh, it's a it's a different a different guy. Like we're having another memorable season from another guy that Stoops has brought in. Who's it going to be next year? So I'm excited because that's the mark of a program, you know, where it's not like, you know, we have the one really dynamic player every five or six years. We're, we're getting them in back to back years. That's that's fortunate for us. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Lynn Bolton. Bolton's special. He's just he's a he's something different. And 
the technicality, is he quarterback, is he not? And, and the, the passing wasn't, you know, always there. Uh, a lot of games in the rain, but there were some, you know, shots that were missed or whatever. He, he got the job done. I mean, he flat out, I mean, five and two as a starter, you're a yard away from being six and one, you know, and he, quarterback, not a quarterback, whatever it is. You know, he did his thing. Yeah, at one point after he, I think it was South Carolina, he came in the court. I was like, oh, goodness. And then the next game, I was like, no, this is not going to get it. And then it kept going. And somewhere in between there, I got on board with it. (laughs) I don't know. I was just like, okay, we're just going to run the ball. We're 400 yards, 300 yards, 500 yards. What? I'm so I'm on board. It's just when you say quarterback, I would I would say running back. <laughs> but he he's special, and I'm yeah. I definitely like Lynn. I did think that his tweet to Cal was sort of kind of an insult. <laughs> just how I looked at it, I think I was a little upset over the Evansville loss. But you know, if you need me, I was like, oh man, really? What? But I love Limbo. He's special. Flipping to basketball real quick, since it has it has been a while since they've been on the court. Um, they will be back on the court Friday. Um, Evansville loss was bad, but your thoughts on the entire team? Your thoughts on Nick Richards? What you've seen? Uh, how they go forward with Sustina being out? Just just your thoughts on what? Uh, we're rolling through so far in this basketball season. The Evansville thing, I think, was a fluke. It's one of those things that just happens. You don't show up. You overlook a team. Comes down and you get beat. It happens. Um, it happened to Duke at at their place. Those things happen, mm-hmm. but from the beginning until a few games into where we are now, you can see them growing slowly but surely. You can see shots starting to fall. You can see it coming together. It's how Coach Cal coaches. He does it every year. And then, of course, social media, I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware, fire Cal, you know, fire Cal. <laughs> we, we, we see those people. We hear those people. And I'm like, we do this every year. I mean, come on now. I mean, but you can see him growing. And Nick Richards, I've been a fan from day one and had to listen to people just tear Nick Richards apart. Like, oh, my gosh, he's garbage. And so I am just loving seeing him finally put it together because I knew I was like, man, this kid. I seen him play in high school, and I'm like, he was aggressive, and I'm like, and, and remind that's high school, I get it, but he was, and then what happened is freshman, sophomore, you know, and and now to see it come together, I'm on board and I'm loving it. and I'm looking at these people that told me that now nah, he would just be glad for him. I'm like, Nick Richards, huh? Junior Nick Richards. So I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 loving it, and they're coming together slowly but surely. You know, we got to get some guys shots falling, but. That they're going to be okay. I mean, this this happens. You know, it, it's part of the pro. Embrace the process. 
Yeah, you know, I think we talked about this on the round of shots uh, last week or whenever it was. You know, Jason, we're always, you know, uh, uh, everybody's collaborating with everybody here in the uh, UK podcast blog sphere, if you will. But Nick Richards is what you expect to see out of a regular junior. You know, you yes. People were so ready. You know, we we don't take into account that the Anthony Davis freshmen, the Michael Kidd Gilchrist, the John Wall, the Brandon Knight, those freshmen are unique, right? Those aren't the they're not the standard. They're the aberration, if you will. You know, those are the exceptional guys. The guys like Nick Richards and even to a lesser extent EJ Montgomery, those that's what you are supposed to see, right? Guys that it may right. take them a little while to develop. And and having him back with some confidence, uh, you got to like your chances. And and just like you said, Jason, the people may not like Cal's method, you know, the one and dones and all this kind of stuff. But a decade in, you cannot be surprised <laughs> with how his team, how the season goes. Like you just right. can't be. Like, again, you may not like it, but, I challenge people. We always think of the 2012 team. Well, they just dominate everybody. They didn't. Providence. Uh, I think there was a. Uh, I'm, I'm remembering uh, like Oral Roberts or something. You know, there's some games. South Carolina. Yeah, that we only won by like four or five points against not very good teams. You know, right. we were able to finally turn it on at the end. Uh, but go back to the look at the box scores for some of that. You know. I always thought the 96 team won every game by 20 points. They did not. Wisconsin Green Bay was an eight-point game. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Farina. So go back and look and understand that even the best teams aren't great for 40 times a year. And so you're going to have games like the Evansville, a fluky game. Uh, Jason, again, uh, going back to what you said, same thing happened to Duke. So, you know, this is just college basketball as we know it. it it's not indicative of, of Cal's way not working and Kentucky not working. What y'all think yeah. about Michigan? Uh, I mean to cut you off. I was just going to see what y'all thought about Michigan yep, just to still keep it college basketball. Beat Gonzaga, beat North Carolina, shoot up to number four, struggle last night at Louisville, you know, coming back from the Bahamas and traveling and all that. What do you think they're closer to being? The team that knocked off North Carolina and Gonzaga, or the team that just had a, did they just have a bad shooting night at Louisville? Did travel catch up with them? Are they somewhere in the middle? Uh, to go from unranked to fourth, I mean, 
and no doubt the target is on them. Louisville was ready. They were not going to be caught off guard after seeing what they had done last week. What do y'all see Michigan kind of being in Juwan's first year? I, uh, me personally, I'm I, I'm just not understanding beating North Carolina. I, I I can't remember what ranking they were six maybe somewhere around there, and Gonzaga, which Gonzaga, but yeah, I mean going from not ranked to four, that's what? No, I mean, you know, Evansville beat Kentucky number one on their home court. Uh. Stephen F. Austin did the same thing to Duke. They didn't even get in the top 25. So how how does a team that's not ranked, you know, beat a six and whatever? I mean, not even a number one on their court and jump to four? No way. As far as Michigan and Louisville, I think the travel did catch up with them. But with that being said, I think Louisville's crowd was pretty good. You know, the travel for – for these guys and in, in, in front of that crowd, they they weren't they couldn't hit a shot. Neither could Louisville. They wasn't shooting good, but they hit more than Michigan did. I think Michigan went uh, something crazy was like fifteen for fifty eight or something from the field. I mean, it was just uh-huh. horrible. And everybody's talking, oh, Louisville's defense is so good. I mean, they did some great right. things. They well, I wouldn't say great. They did some good things, but. Really, I think Michigan just was blah. Yeah. What about you, TB? Well, my my thing with the the polling, I don't really have a problem with it because, you know, the preseason polling, it's all a big guess. Right. And I I kind of liked Michigan being rewarded because up until that point, the Gonzaga, the uh, the North Carolina wins were probably the best wins out there, you know, when you look at their actual resume. So they deserve the higher ranking than, than, than teams that had not, that didn't have that. So I was uh, okay with it uh, because usually what happens, uh, the, AP, uh, vo- uh, the AP voters in particular are slow to warm up to what's actually taking place on the court. And there's always this, this, this debate of, uh, how are you ranking them? Is it how they're playing right today? Are you looking at the resume? It's just a lot of of stuff. So, I, you know, I, I've been of the of opinion, and the polling when it comes to basketball doesn't make a whole lot of sense, period, because it's good for us to talk about, but that's about it. You know, with college basketball, March, yeah, you know, your top 25, whatever, they're going in. And then we're going to see who's the best team, you know. So the polling is just for conversation starters. But uh, I, I was—I had no problem with that. Uh, Michigan, when they're tra- in their travel, you know, that was part of it. Uh, Louisville was amped up for that game. You know, they were number one for the third week ever, which, you know, no shade. But that's the most bizarre thing ever, a team with – program with Louisville's resume has only been number one in the country in the AP poll three times. Tennessee's been yeah, I thought I heard number that. one five times. So, <laughs> <laughs> and in case you're wondering, 
the University of Kentucky, 152 weeks at number one. So <laughs> three years of being the best team in the country yeah. voted on. You know, it's a little Hell bit different. Down. You know, if you, if you saw me on Facebook, I put that out there, uh, you know, because I saw a lot of posts, oh, U.K. fans are going to be mad. Why? Why? Why would we be mad that L is number one for the third week ever? Right. <laughs> right. It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you talking about? You know, even three weeks to 152. I'm not a math person, but that seems <laughs> like a huge discrepancy. But I digress. Uh, you know, so, so good for them. I hope they're number one when they come to Rupp and they leave with I with an L like- down. That's that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. You remember when Florida became number one for the first time ever back in 03? You guys remember that game? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, man, hey, we're number one for the first time ever. We're rocking and rolling. Yeah. And they got dog walked. I'm, I'm hoping that we see the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I told people I hope that Louisville is number one when they come to Rupp, and everybody's like, why would you – why? I mean, like, you're rooting for them. I'm like, no, I'm not rooting for them. But I <clears throat> I want to see, we knocked off a number one. We got knocked off. The next, you know, so we need to knock off the number one. And I'm hoping that some things can happen to get us back down to number two. That would be pretty cool. But, you know, that's one of those things. But I will definitely be at the game, L's down and <laughs> – I think Kentucky's going to be all right. I I think this team plays up to talent. I don't know. I just kind of vibe I get from them. But Cal is still, I don't know. I watch these games and it's like practicing. They're like practicing things. And just, I guess that's just Cal's way of, you know, that's how we, how we do it, you know, and, one of those games we happen to get beat, but I think I think the Cats are going to be fine. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with what you. What you got coming up earlier? When it comes to the way Cal seasons go, it, it, again, people may not like it. People may like you know, I guess the way we used to do it way back when. But I, I can't get all upset with the team not looking great in November and December. Like I just I can't. I'm going to try not to get upset if we drop a game in conference, you know. <laughs> but I just know we're going to be one of those last eight teams in the tournament. And that's really all you can ask for. Right. A shot. I think we're going to have our hands full with Ohio State, though. Yeah, they play North Carolina here in about an hour. So that will be fun to see how that turns out. I think they played eight tonight. So, uh, get to see how the Buckeyes look against the Heels. Oh, I cannot think of their coach's got... name right off. But he's from Nicholsville, Kentucky. Uh, Chris Holtman name? or something like that. Yeah. Chris Holtman yeah, or yeah, something he's like from that. Yeah. 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 So that'll be a storyline. Yeah. The, the broadcasters will mention that a time or ten during the game when they play each other in a few days. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna beha- I'm gonna wear a shirt that says the Kentucky Wildcat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't get that patent and all. 
Uh, what you got next coming up on the, the next episode of UK Fans All Day, Jason? Um, UK Fans All Day, I'm going to talk about where we're going bowling, and I'm going to have some really silly, crazy, fun sound bites, and of course, Kentucky basketball. Just talk, just talk about calm down. I feel like cows like Aaron Rodgers. Just relax, you know. <laughs> I had to yeah. throw that in there because Absolutely. I know, Benny, that you are a Cowboys fan, and I have nothing to say more oh. to Perry because he is a 49ers fan, and they destroyed my team last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that – was, Aaron went back to yeah, NorCal and, and took one. Oh, but I can't talk to <laughs> nobody. I can't send nothing to meet one of y'all. I'm just going to sit over here in the feeder position and hush my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The Cowboys, wow. I was was really hurt when when Cobb went there. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I was happy because I could actually cheer for him because, you know, (laughs) I could not do so, you know, during his whole tenure in the NFL. Like, now I can finally cheer for Randall. Uh, but we got. Right. I don't like. I, I don't know. The whole division is thinking. Even if we back into the division, because the Eagles are just playing crappier than we are for some unknown reason, it's still a lot of issues. Even if they squeak into the playoffs, uh, <laughs> not really confident with what's going on down there. But uh, at the chest, I heard a rumor in the second hour. I heard a rumor that um, Saban was interviewing for the Cowboys job. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if he says, if he says, I'm I'm not going to be the Cowboys coach, I'm not going to be the Cowboys coach, I'm not going to be the Cowboys coach, then I'll get worried because we all know how it turned out when he was denied Alabama. So <laughs> I'm not uh, going to, so quit asking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, he was with the Dolphins. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Next thing you know, right. there he is in Tuscaloosa. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's whoever they get, Jerry's not going to leave them alone. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, who Who's going to go put up with him doing press conferences in the locker room after the game? Jerry going on. 103.5 the fan every Monday after the game. Who a strong will coach ain't gonna fool with it, you know, a, a Belichick or Parcel type. You got Jason Garrett is just kind of, you know, that's who's gonna yes put man, up with it. Way down there for ten. Yeah, he's been a yes guy for ten years, and right. Jerry talking about who's hurt after the game. It's Jerry talking about who's injured and. When they'll be back, and this and it ain't, it's never the coach, you know. Most other organizations, you know, uh, your new guy Matt Lafleur will get up, Kyle Shanahan will get up and talk about when George Kittle will be back. Um, Lafleur will talk about if if you know the um, Darius Smith is out, if, you know, the coach will do that, but not in Dallas. Yeah, it ain't how we do. <laughs> Man, Jason. We got to get you on again sometime. We definitely enjoyed having you, man. It was a blast. Everybody check out UK Fans All Day on Twitter, on the web, at Jay Hazzy, on 
Twitter. We'll get uh, primed and ready to hear you on Round the Shots as you do double duty. So uh, have a blast on there with OK Hell. It's like we have a blast with you here, man. Thank you so much and appreciate you hopping on with us, man. I appreciate your uh, your guys' time as well, man. Thanks for having me, man. Catch Talk Wednesday. We certainly it's appreciate it, man. Good one now. Enjoy enjoy that, that show with with Kevin Hale and those guys. Definitely I hear will. you. Yeah. Thanks, for me. Thanks for having me on, guys, man. Great talk, too. Go Big Blue. Hey, L down. Go Pack Go. <laughs> there you go. Get them all in before you go. I hear you, Jason. I hear you. Yeah. I, I appreciate you appreciate guys, man. You, man. Have a good evening. All right. Have a good all evening. All right. You too. Bye. Jason Hazelrig, UK fans all day. Check him out. He is doing his thing. I see y'all doing y'all thing on Round the Shots. Y'all both been panelists at the same time uh, here recently. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, all around. Uh, I have to pop in there and check them out tonight once we get finished here. Yeah, it's great to have uh, Jason. And, and what we talk about is, especially in the Kentucky, UK fan world, there's just so many avenues, uh, as Jason said when he first came on, that uh, there's just so much out there, and, and, and Kentucky fans just want to consume any and everything blue. That you know, ever you you can get in where you fit in, you know, basically. So glad to have him on. Hope to to have him on again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, let's see. As far as next Wednesday, we look to have um, two of our buddies, former UK football greats, Anthony White and Van House, should be set to hop on. Just to, we'll have to recap everything with them, get their thoughts on who the bowl opponent is and what bowl it is, because we will know this time next week. And also have a gentleman, Tyler Barnett, from out in Western Kentucky. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I reached out and asked to come on the show. He does a podcast about the 16th region, uh, high school sports. Uh, he coaches middle school basketball. Um, out there in Western Kentucky, so I have to talk with Tyler Barnett for a little bit and see what's going on. Big Cats fans, so uh, talk some cats in a little high school with Tyler Barnett. So we got those three already falling into place for next Wednesday. Um, we'll take us a quick break now, catch our breath, 
we got to, you know, get a little NFL, a little NBA, more cats, as always, spinner of the show is UK, all cats, everything. Um, this, is, of course, is Vinnie Hardy, Harry T.B. Brown up in the Ville. We'll be right back going with you to 8 o'clock. We'll catch your breath right now. Take a quick little music break and be right back to finish out the show. Wednesday, Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown, 
Brandon Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com, 845-277-9373. Brought to you by the Smoky Mountain Trader, the number one red reader in the tri-state area, Tennessee, 12 counties, southwest Virginia, Lee County, Bell County in southeastern Kentucky. Glenn Earls will take care of your graphics, classifieds, or advertising needs, 423-587-1700, vsmtrader.com. Smoky Mountain Trader on Facebook and Twitter, SMKY Trader. And you can find them and check out anything that they are running, ads-wise, graphic-wise, classifies-wise. Definitely feel free to take advantage of it. They'll definitely take care of you. They have uh, special rates and discounts different times that they promote. So check them out on social media or go to online and see what they got going on. Smoky Mountain Trader. Appreciate them each and every week. TV mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stir up a little stuff real quick, and then we got you know got to get some NBA and NFL in, as well as you know love for Coach Skinner and his crew, also. But we we talked about Duke and Louisville already. Uh, no, I'm sorry, we talked. I'm sorry, talked about Louisville, and Michigan. The game that followed them, we had. Uh, Michigan State at home against Duke, and that's that proves the rankings are, are ridiculous right there. You said they're basically just for us to talk about, and they, and they are. You know, Michigan State was number one when Kentucky beat them, and they already have three losses. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. They have a veteran team. They still don't have Langford, you know, their wing player, um, to, you know, 15 points a game, four or five rebounds. But they still have a lot of experienced, tough, ISO-type players. You know, Cassius Winston, you know, the, the great point guard. Um, Tom Izzo, I'm, I'm, I'm stirring the pot up just because, you know, it's, it's fun to do this kind of stuff. Tom Izzo's been at Michigan State now for 25 years. Just looked it up here. Uh, where we got um, sportsreference.com. In those 25 years, Tom Izzo has like 10, 10 lost seasons. Now, I was even being generous, and you can throw out the first two because it was his first two years taking over for Jay Heathcote. 16 and 16 his first year. Uh, 17 and 12 in his second year. Okay, you know, getting the program built, getting it in his image, getting it the way he wants it, blah, blah, blah. Third year, 22 and 8. Uh, the following year, 33 and 5. Then 2000, I think, is their championship year, 32 and 7. But then you go 2002, 3 and 4, 19 and 12, 22 and 13, 18 and 12. Uh, skip a year, and then you have two more 10-loss seasons. The the point I'm making is that you already got three losses barely with this season starting. But correct me if I'm wrong, I have never heard the nickname 10-loss Tommy thrown out there. I don't, maybe they do that up around East Lansing or up in Big Ten country, but I don't, if, if it's been thrown out there. I don't know if it stuck to him like it did a coach at UK back in the day. Um, 
I'm just I'm just saying. Have have you ever heard ten lost Tommy thrown out there? Because that's ten ten lost seasons in twenty five years. Have have you heard that before? I'm just wondering. Well, and and here's the thing. I know I've not heard that, but it just shows so. how the goalposts get moved, right? Because what you hear about uh, what you hear about Tom Izzo is you know they had that stretch of. Every four-year player for a stretch appeared in a Final Four. Uh, you can say, you know, when it comes to Izzo, Final Fours are good, right? Final Fours are a mark of a good coach. But when you look at Coach Cal, you know, four Final Fours in a 10-year period, the general consensus is he should have won more. And, you know, and you're like, well, why? Well, look at all the talent. Look, Michigan State is not bereft of talent. They've had all Americans. They've had, you know, they. It's not like uh, Tom Izzo is coaching the little sisters of the poor here. It, it that's that, that doesn't bear it out. So, uh, you know, for all of and he, look, and Tom Izzo is a great coach, but still just one title, right? Yeah. In, in the same way, well, with, twenty with, years ago. Yeah, that one's twenty years old. So, uh, you know, when 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 people say, you know, okay, if like I said earlier, you know, Coach Cal X's and O's, what have you, okay, who's your list of coaches that are better? Whose whose resumes are actually better? K, you know, Coach K, uh, which you know, you you could put, uh, uh, you know, Roy Williams maybe. I, I, you know, Jay Wright at Villanova, maybe, you know, they, you know, two titles, that's, that's, that's on the list, but they, you're not getting Cal out of the top five. You know, if we say yeah. final fours are hard to get to and final fours are worth celebrating, if we say that as college basketball fans, then, then what Cal's done is even better. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, but going back to what you were saying about the polls, and they are just for us to talk about, really. Uh, when we see, you know, number one goes, and it, look, it makes great uh, copy. You know, if Kentucky's able to crawl back to number two, you know, by the end of the month playing uh, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, one versus two, that's fantastic. And it was great. Michigan State, Kentucky, one, two at the beginning of the year. That's that's great. But at the end of it, it 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 doesn't have that sizzle as you know. There's a whole season left to play, so uh, when I talk about the polls, I think that the preseason poll is just guesswork. It is because you don't know injuries, you don't know uh, how things are going to go sideways. And uh, to 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 my point, look at the the 2013 team that we had. That team was number one in the preseason. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it yeah. was clear probably three or four games in to most of us, this team ain't got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know this 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 team was with Ryan Harrow at the point. This team ain't got it, and I love Harrow, mm-hmm. and, and and don't get me wrong, but uh, admittedly, you had to say to yourself, okay, this they they don't have it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And look, um, just to you know, put a bow on that. 
Jim Boeheim's 16-year-old national championship thinks that Tom Izzo's title is getting up there, getting pretty old. That's all I'm saying. You know, 03 with Melo in them thinks that Izzo's title is, is aged. Well, the the thing about Jim Boeheim is you want to talk about squandering talent. I mean, really good talent he had at Syracuse. I know they're still, you know, but from the mid-'80s to the through the 90s, they had a tremendous amount of talent. Sherman Douglas, Billy Owens, Derek Coleman, the man who I, I think gets underrated, Lawrence Moten, who is the all-time leading scorer in the Big East, in Big East history. Uh, they had really, yeah. really good teams that never, ever got it. And everything Jim Beheim has done in 40 years at Syracuse, Cal has done since he's been in Kentucky. I think the last Final Four yeah. uh, that Syracuse went to gave gave him one more Final Four. And yeah. again, it's not, it, it's not like Syracuse was bereft of talent. They haven't been. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it doesn't. I, I mean, you just, I guess, throw it out there. Just like we say, one more Final Four would have changed Tubby's whole tenure. Just, just change one of those Elite Eight to a Final Four. Pick one. A key smart jumper rimming out would change what we're sitting here saying about Bayhan. So. <laughs> And and um, and that's the that's, that's, that's the that's the break. when you look at that, yeah that that's unfortunately how it works. You can you can go through every tournament team, every team that's won, every Final Four team, and there was a moment it could have gone the other way. You know, I remind people, uh, Kentucky in 2012 uh, against Baylor, Anthony uh, down, Anthony Davis goes down, holding his knee. And we all yeah. held our collective breath. Mm-hmm. If he gets hurt, mm-hmm. that's that's game over. That's that's you know that's all she wrote. Uh, UCLA, Tyus Edney had to go to the length of the court in the second round against Missouri. Like you can look at any championship team, yeah. you know any Final Four team. Heck, Brandon Knight had to hit two buzzer beaters in 2011 <laughs> to to, to yeah. get us to the Final Four. I mean, you can you can look at 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 anything. But the, the but the fact of the matter is the great coaches, the great teams, the great programs are able to do that. You know, they're able to uh they're able to figure that out. And for all the heartbreak, you know, Kentucky's had in the tournament, can we just honestly say we've had a little bit more sunshine than heartbreak? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You know, yeah, how, yeah. how many teams have have Kentucky teams sent home? You know, after a really good season, they play Kentucky. You know, you, do you think Utah wants to see Kentucky in the tournament? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> for all of the heartbreak, the 
Kentucky fans have felt, we have doled out way more than we have received when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Mitchell and the U.K. women doled out another big-time offensive performance today. Played at 11 o'clock. A lot of kids from Fayette County schools were there. They beat Charlotte 86-39 to to improve to 8-0. So uh, congratulations to Coach Mitchell and the U.K. women's team getting everything rolling the way they want it to before they start conference play, which will be, uh, I think, after Louisville, and then there's a trip to California. Then they have, like, South Carolina and Tennessee kind of right off the bat. So they're getting themselves primed and ready uh, for the tougher competition that's coming up uh, right around the corner for them, too. Right. Uh, the the U.K. L women's game is in a couple of weeks. Louisville took care of Oregon. Uh, in that, I think, Virgin Islands tournament or somewhere, Jamaica somewhere. Uh, and now they're number two in the, the Kentucky women, I believe, are top ten now or maybe top 15. I haven't seen the new rankings just yet. But uh, the basketball games figure to be more competitive than the football games because uh, <laughs> you're going to have, you know, it's going to hopefully be top ten men, probably top ten women. If, if UK is able to keep on plugging along, Matthew, Matthew Mitchell and his ladies, uh, that that's pretty good. I don't know off the top of my head if we've had that happen where a men's and women's team play and both matchups are in the top ten. I think that's going to be pretty unique when it comes to it. Um, about the only I was I was going to I was trying to think, but no, I, I think. At one point, North Carolina and Duke maybe were top ten in women's for a stretch. But I, that's it, it, no matter how you chop it, that's that's pretty darn good uh, when you look at it. Yeah, for sure. And pretty darn good is also UK volleyball team coach Skinner winning the SEC again, getting a nine seed in the tournament and hosting. Southeast Missouri State on Friday at Memorial Coliseum. Uh, Leah Edmond winning Player of the Year again, uh, just adding to her exceptional career uh, in volleyball. Her legend, Kelly Lynn Bowden, has added to his legend. Leah Edmond has done the same for volleyball uh, as they look to make a deep run in the tournament starting this weekend. And, and give Coach Skinner uh, a, a ton of credit, uh, an absolute ton of credit. Uh, you know, three straight SEC championships and just players of the year out the wazoo. Uh, Kentucky's becoming a volleyball school. Now, I know out west, I think uh, your Stanford's and, and, and those kind of schools out in the Pac-12, generally I think Arizona's really good at volleyball, but but Kentucky's becoming a national power. And, you know, everybody kind of laughed when, when Mitch Barnhart and, and Dwayne Peavy and those guys say, hey, we're looking at – we want trophies. That's what we want to put in the trophy. You know, we got a case. We want to put trophies on display. And, and that's what uh, the, the volleyball team has done. Uh, I know that for a while there, Florida was kind of king – I should say queens of the SEC volleyball circuit, and and, and Kentucky has usurped them uh, with that. Uh, 
you know, I gave Coach Stoops a lot of praise for building a program. Coach Skinner has done it. You know, it wasn't always pretty, but it's been a a, a process. And when you look, here they are. Here they are, another championship. Absolutely. So uh, definitely wish them well going forward. <clears throat> like you said, we always got to try to give love to all of the sports that are going on uh, when they're in season or if there's news when they're out of season. We try to keep up with that uh, as well. Um, Jason touched on the NFL, and I, I just have to kind of keep my mouth shut, like I said. The Niners are hitting that gauntlet, you know, um, with – with um, they just played Baltimore. Uh, who did they play the week before where they got the win? Was it Green Bay who they beat down? It was Green Bay. Before? It was Green Bay. You know, and, and let me just say this. Uh, I know, uh, you know, the, the the Ravens, they got the W. I, I, I got that. 49ers are 10-2. and two. The first loss was in overtime after the field goal kicker missed a chip shot, you know, 40-plus probably not a chip shot, but missed a 40-yard field goal. Uh, the defense they played in that game uh, against Russell Wilson, no sustained touchdown drives. The, the touchdown drives that the uh, Seahawks offense was able to muster were all 49er turnovers. Uh, I think 30 yards out and 20-something yards out. Okay, so you lose that in overtime. And then you lose on a last-second field goal to uh, to the Ravens, where you hold superhuman Lamar to his most pedestrian game of the season defensively. Uh, you know, it was an early game on the East Coast, and we all know about West Coast teams traveling East and all that. Uh, I like my team. You know, uh, two losses by a combined six points, not even a, you know, just a touchdown, I, I'll, I'll take it. Now, it, you know, we've got to beat Seattle because right now Seattle has that tiebreaker. And mm-hmm. bizarrely how the NFL seeds, right now the 10-2 and 49ers are, would be the fifth seed heading into the it's NFC playoffs right now. So, yeah, yeah uh, you know, so Seattle's got to lose and, and the 49ers have to win to, to flip that around because of that bizarre way they seed. Um, so – but again, I think this is this team is kind of ahead of schedule, ahead of what I thought. I knew they were going to have some rough mm-hmm. patches, but they played really, really well. They haven't been healthy. Uh, Kittle, uh, the, the tight end, I, I believe, was out against uh, the Seahawks and, and guys. Brita didn't play. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. play last time uh, or play this past week. So I, I think there's that uh, and everything, but. Uh, you know, for for my money, I'm I'm happy with where the team is. Yeah, and they got New Orleans coming up next, I think. So it is that it's the it's a bit of a murderous row for them. I think they got at New Orleans, I think. Uh, but yeah, they've you know had a good season. I think it's at the Saints. Uh, it doesn't matter who the Cowboys play; it's a it's a challenge. Um, but. Still somehow atop the horrible NFC East, the most traditional rich division in the NFL, but it's cyclical. 
and right now it's our turn in rotation to be terrible. Um, there was years past, I think, you know, the NFC West, 79, Seattle won a division or you know, stuff like that. That yep. might be what we have with the Cowboys. Dallas and Philly have to play each other, so somebody will at least get, well, well Philadelphia will at least get to six wins if they don't do anything else. Dallas will at least get to seven if they win that. But it's it's a mess. It's, it's, it's a hot mess right now. Uh, Austin McGinnis, former cat, tried out for the Cowboys because, uh, like a lot of other teams, the Cowboys have had issues at kicker. Brett Maher uh, can make one from 63 yards, 64 yards, but the, the more – Conventional, average, makeable stuff for professional kickers. He's, he's struggling, uh, and it would be great to see Austin McGinnis get on with any team, but even more so the Cowboys. Uh, we all are biased, but we feel he should have all been on a team long before now. You know, he was gonna get on with the AAF before it folded. Now he's uh, gonna be with the Dallas. XFL team when that launches, but hopefully he can just roll on to the big club and and be with the Cowboys. But you know, with Jerry, his decision making, who who knows? But uh, got your fingers crossed for Austin McGinnis. I uh, hope that works out for him. We'll get to your Lakers as always because they are rolling. But the whole Adam Silver tournament in the middle of the season, reseeding all the whole thing, dropping the regular season from 82 games down to 78 games. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bunch of words to me, you know, like, you know, just making your head spin. Where you come out on all these proposed potential revisions? It's dumb. It's just dumb. Uh what we see from the the heads of these pro leagues, and I'm looking at NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and hockey, the people in control of these games are dumb. And we see it when they come out with these ridiculous proposals that really go against the very basic premise of their leagues. And they're they're trying to uh capture new fans with these ridiculous and you know I'm going to say ridiculous and dumb uh changes that nobody's asking for like nobody who is against the NBA right now is going to oh a tournament in the middle of the season like who like who is that going to pull in it yeah. it isn't it isn't. I, I, you know, I'm not even for, uh, you know, they want to reseed the, the, the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. All this kind of stuff is cyclical. You know, for a stretch, uh, the Eastern Conference was the best in the NBA. And then the, was the West. It just That's just how it goes sometimes. I'm old enough to remember when the NFC won like 14 straight Super Bowls. Right. You know, if it wasn't. You know, my nine is your Cowboys, the Giants won, and, you know, the Redskins won. There was a bunch of teams popping up and seeing winning. Uh, this is, like I, like I just, I understand some of the game stuff, 
you know, putting the uh, where he can't get a charge, that circle under the rim, and and you know, uh, different in-game kinds of things. But the, the, like, I don't understand what this whole change is, um, because for 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 me as well, you have to think now. Basketball is not as is is linked to its numbers as uh, baseball, but if you go to a 78-game season and change things around, you know, we've got LeBron closing in on these all-time career marks. Uh, you know, how does that affect those kinds of guys, right? Uh, again, I know, you know, everybody knew uh, Hank Aaron's 755. Like, if if I had to poll somebody, how would they, would you know, you know, Kareem's point total, it's 38,000 and some change. The numbers just don't match up uh, like that, so I get that. But still, I don't understand who is this. Who is this for? Uh, the NBA. Yeah. I know that here in the states, the 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 viewership, the Nielsen ratings is down. I, I get that. Uh, it's kind of down for most things. You know, NFL is kind of untouchable, but the NFL is built for TV, right? The NBA, what they need to focus in on is the universal appeal, right? Because right now there's a little kid growing up in France that wants to be like Tony Parker and come play in the NBA, right? There's, 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 in Berlin, Germany, there's a kid shooting off one leg, you know, that's taller than everybody else with that <laughs> fadeaway because he saw Dirk do it, right? You know, so, and, and, and there's a whole continent of Chinese that tune into the Houston Rockets because of Yao, you know, stop. If I could talk to the Adam Silver and the NBA folks, stop chasing this competing with the NFL and be who you are. It is a global game. You know, if you want to do something different, what you might want to do is say, hey, we are going to, you know, for a weekend in February, we're going to take six teams, eight teams to London for a weekend and and do some doubleheader type stuff like that. That's what should be not the NFL in London. That's what the NBA should be doing that. You know, I know they do some preseason games kind of all over, but do that. You know, I know it gets into compensating, you know, for missing home dates and that kind of stuff, but but do that. You, you couldn't yeah. sell out the Lakers versus the Clippers over there in in London, you couldn't sell that. I mean, embrace again. Uh, look at what Luca is doing. Look at what Giannis is doing. Wow. The Greek freak. There's no mm-hmm. Greek freak in baseball. You know, there's no Porzingis. There's no unicorn in 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 football. Do do what makes you you, and it's the it's the uniqueness of basketball. It's not. Catching soccer, I get that, but it is after soccer. It's a it's a universal sport, you know. And, and we have seen that from where it was with the Dream Team in '92 to now. The last thirty years, it's it's ridiculously it, it's ridiculous, right? So the NBA needs to embrace that instead of this gimmicky kind of whatever. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Not at all. Not at all. 
Um, and I think I put a poll out last year towards the end, maybe it was during the playoffs, who would start to develop a jumper first, Giannis or Ben Simmons. And Giannis hit three threes last night. I think he had 29, 30 points. Uh, the Bucks are rolling. You know, the cream of the crop in the East right now. Um, fell to Toronto in the playoffs, but are poised to kind of try to come out of the East this year and, and get done what they couldn't do last year. But if he's able to consistently hit jumpers, the dude works on his game incessantly. They have to kind of make him stop or get him out of the gym uh, with his insane work ethic. But uh, if he if he is able to add that jumper to the athleticism he already has, to the getting to the rim and, you know, a couple steps from wherever he is on the court, he will really be something to deal with. Uh, still extremely young, not really even in his prime yet. Uh, he'll be a handful if he's able to have a steady jumper. Right, and you, you got to have that that jumper. I, I don't know if you saw. I retweeted uh, Kevin McHale talking about uh, his post game, and I put yeah. up there. You got Hakeem and his footwork and his moves. But as far as you, you got to look at Kevin McHale, and it's a little blurb of him talking about his his post moves and how he developed them and everything. It's it's fascinating. Uh, but he's talking about you know Kevin Garnett said, "Hey, teach me those moves." He said, "You got to have the if you're going to pump fake, you know, the up and under. You got to have the up first. You got to have that jump shot that people have to respect, <laughs> and then you can do all your other moves." And, and uh, you know, Kevin McHale, he he did he coach Dwight in Houston? Am I remembering that right? Um, or was he going out of Houston by that yeah, point? I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I think that was that was uh that was the case. Was he? I think D'Antoni was, was he already going? I think he had Dwight for a minute. Yeah. Right, I thought so because if you're a big man and Kevin McHale and I know he yeah. worked for the Kim Elijah yeah. one, if those two guys can't mm-hmm. teach you. One post move that says way more about yeah. you than them. That's why I was so mad because that was yeah because he, he did have Mikael there as a head coach and Elijah one there and had he worked with Patrick Ewing when he was in Orlando so all these you know Hall of Famers he had crossed paths with yeah he was there for Mikael because that's why I was you know because he didn't even have a jump hook. So I, I remember being upset on the show about it. You can't even hit the jump hook with all these coaches you've had. So, yeah. Yeah, he was there for Mikhail. Uh, I think they – I don't know if – you know, they made a run to the Western Conference Finals, you know, came back and beat the Clippers that year when the Clippers were really lob city. But then they started off like 4-7 and seven the next year, and he got he got a quick hook and uh, – and then D'Antoni came in. So, yeah. Yeah, but Dwight was there for him. Yeah. Uh, so, again, yeah. 18-3 uh, now, is that what it is? Beat Denver in Denver. See, and that's what – Houston couldn't do it. I was talking about turbulence. I wanted the Rockets – I wanted the Lakers to have a little turbulence, a little bumpy ride, lose to Dallas. Then you got to play at Denver. I was like, yeah, this is – oh, yeah, this is – this could be a little adversity. 
and they go into Denver. Anthony Davis is sick, and they pretty much, you know, have an eight, nine-point lead throughout whenever I was checking the score. You heard Anthony Davis talk about we refuse to have a two-game losing streak. And I'm like, well, let's see when y'all playing at Denver, who is a legit threat to come out of the West themselves. And y'all went in there and, and handled business. Houston, on the other hand, I think we lost to the Clippers. And then I, I saw Denver on the schedule, and I already thought, oh, Lord. And then the next thing you know, they've, they've dropped three in a row, lost to the Spurs, the team they should beat last night. The Spurs are down at the bottom. They're, you're not used to seeing them there, but they're not good. That's the difference. Your, your Lakers have a killer instinct, and I still, for as good as Harden is, I still don't see enough killer instinct out of him. It mean to just ramble, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at, and, and your Lakers know how to finish people. And, well, and, and, and here is what I think stands out to me was dropping the game they did to Dallas and then coming out saying, hey, we're not going to lose to Denver. I'll be interested to see yeah. how they do. They're at Utah. That's a tough back-to-back. Uh, you know, you're playing in Denver with the altitude, and then you quick turn around the next night. You're going to uh, uh, Utah, which is a very tough place to play. But it's it's weird. Right. I think I talked about this last week when LeBron last year with the young kids and, and he got injured and it was, oh, LeBron just going to L.A. because he wants to make movies and LeBron doesn't even care about basketball anymore. Now all of a sudden, Lakers are 18-3. Are, 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 uh, and three. So we're a quarter of the way through the season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, best record by three games, um, well, two and a half, I should say, over the Clippers. Right now, this isn't a fluke. And now it's all of a sudden. Well, is the West as good as we thought? Is the West? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, now you look at Giannis and you look at the Sixers and you look at what Boston is doing, and you know maybe the East is tougher now. Uh, and, and <laughs> look, man, I, I, I said it when it was talked about last year. Uh, yes, you trade all those young pieces for Anthony Davis. Yes, you trade what could be over what is. If you have a chance to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team, you do that, and then you figure it out, right? You just you just go. Because, and I know people that follow me on Twitter, and, and you've seen it, uh, the reason you bring Anthony Davis in is because I forget who they, who they played. It was the, oh, the New Orleans game. You know, he had 41 points, you know, most points ever for a, team, or a guy playing against a former team or whatever. I can't remember that. But he had 41-9, and nine, and the write-up is Anthony Davis has 41-9 and nine returned to New Orleans. Oh, by the way, you know, Bron James had like, you know, 25-10 and 10 or something like that. That's why you get an Anthony Davis. So LeBron James finally has somebody else. You know, I, I know when he was in Miami that, you know, Dwayne Wade was on that downhill a little bit and, and, and Bosch, but now he's got somebody that can't just be an all-star level. He's got somebody that's MVP level, right? So he doesn't have to do it all. So he can take his breaks now, defer to Anthony Davis, and now we've got two bona fide closers come to playoffs. That's why you make that trade. You know, I'm sure people were mad when 
the Lakers traded whoever it was for Kareem. You know, I don't know who that was. Do you? Yeah, I don't, still know. don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, and, and that and 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 what it is, the parallels right there. Anthony Davis was a was a or is an MVP level level ca- uh, caliber player, and so was Kareem. But Kareem got tired of Milwaukee, just like Anthony Davis got tired of New Orleans, and said, "You better do something, or I'm leaving when I can." <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that that's. I'm okay with that because if they want to come to L.A., of course I'm going to be okay with that. But, it, 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 you know, the Lakers are back. It's been a decade since the last championship. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a long stretch. You know, that's a, that is a very long stretch for Lakers fans. My lifetime, it's the longest. You know, they, they went – you know, from from uh, finals appearance in '91 and, and winning again in 2000, I thought that was a long time. But uh, oof, oof, oof. I, I like I like what they're doing. LeBron and AD are 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 teaming up and and pulling this roster. And, and Danny Green is playing real real well. Uh, they've got a lot of pieces there. And you know, Dwight, he's not always great, but he's playing. It's about as good as you can expect, you know. Uh, you know, he, you know, he he had uh, six rebounds and uh, you know the other night, um, uh, thirteen and six uh, against Denver. So, you know, I, I'll take it. I will definitely uh, take it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, oh, and well, let me. Switch it too, because we covered a whole bunch tonight, like we always do. But throwing in a little MLB news, my Braves signed Cole Hamels today, and I put a little piece up on the Athletes Hub. I don't, just not sure what I think about that. You know, he was he was at Philadelphia. You hated him. You know, the sports take. He was in his prime. They won a World Series, of 2008, 2009, so we're long in there. Um, just that fierce division rival, and you know, it was Hamels and Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Shane Victorino and all those guys that you just, you know, had that disdain for because they were beating your team, they were good, and you know, that's what causes all that. But Hamels is now a member of the Braves, signed a one year deal, $18 million. Um, he was with the Cubs last year, went seven and seven, had an oblique injury. Wasn't quite the same after that. ERA went up quite a bit. But he's going to be, you know, asked to be some left-handed pitching, some veteran leadership because the rest of the staff is really young. So uh, I, I just hope it works out. Uh, I hope we don't get him now after being so durable for all these years and now he starts to kind of be injury prone. That's kind of my worry. But hopefully he can come in and have a good season for the Braves. So that was some, some big news. Uh, Kentucky plays Fairly Dickinson Friday. Are you uh, on the broadcast? Are you in studio on ESPN 680, or get to listen to you right after the game? Or? Uh, you said I don't. I got to check my schedule. I think I am. <laughs> I think I think I'm in the <laughs> studio here a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so join uh, join me there. <laughs> 